Welcome to Incoming with Margie Avery, where we consider life and how to get through it happily. podcast. This is your host, Margie Avery. Thanks for downloading us today, listening, hopefully enjoying. Today, I want to talk about addictions that we all fall into in life. We talk a lot in society, in news, in books, I suppose, everything, every form of media coming at you. They talk a lot about addiction, the opioid crisis that, that hit the world, but we don't like to talk about the fact that anything can be an addiction. It, you know, it can be alcohol, drugs, cigarettes. Uh, I kind of consider alcohol and drugs the same thing. I don't know why they get delineated, but they're both drugs. But it can also be food. It can be people. It can be bad habits. It can be what you're doing for a living. And I never name names on here, but I have very good friends, husband and wife, and they are kind of in their life, I would call it stuck in a rut. Um, both of them have a significant weight problem. They are at the age where they're starting to have traditional health issues, high blood pressure, prediabetes, things of this nature, which the weight may have brought on, but it doesn't help. They both need uh, knee and or hip replacements and they can't get it because they don't qualify. And they were very upset when they were told they didn't qualify. And, you know, we have to be honest with ourselves. It's unsafe on many layers and doctors aren't trying to pick on you when they tell you something like that. It's based on thousands, tens of thousands of surgeries done and they look back at them and they keep notes and that's how medicine is built and how they learn and they know people who have good outcomes and people who have bad outcomes. Plus I think the anesthesia is also dangerous when you have a weight problem. So we have people who are, uh, one of them is in very early 50s, one is uh, I believe maybe 60. But Decades of a sedentary lifestyle that involves going to work and a job that's primarily sitting, coming home, sitting down in the most comfortable chair you can buy, piling up snack foods on a table next to you. They, they did quit smoking, but the food addiction became worse. And now it's this cycle of, you know, the lifestyle has caused you to feel you're always tired, you're always sore, you don't want to do anything but sit around, and yet you just keep repeating the cycle. And many of us do this. I don't mean to be calling my friends out in any way. I did it myself. If you've listened before, I talked about two years ago, I decided I was at an age where, you know, I didn't, thank God, have any significant health problems, nothing that people typically have at my age, no high blood pressure, no cholesterol problems, no prediabetes, but my weight had ballooned up to 202 pounds, and it was the heaviest I'd ever been, didn't feel good, and in my case, I went from 
I owned my own company, a landscaping company. I was very active. Had to stop working because I got in a car accident. Switched to a desk job. But interestingly, I was still eating the same amount of food, but not moving as much. So I packed on the weight. And I, I thought, I'm going to hit the brakes here because I don't want to create problems that I don't have. And I'm at the age where they can start coming up. And I went on the path of losing weight, not a diet, a lifestyle change, because I don't believe in diets. I believe in a lifestyle change. A diet is only going to work as long as you're dieting. So unless you want to diet the rest of your life, you have to make an affirmation to make a lifestyle change forever. And quitting smoking. I dropped 42 pounds. I've kept it off for two years. My mother passed away six months and I don't know. I I think it's just part of the process of grief. I, I know that my food intake increased a little, but whatever the reason, I, I put back on 10 pounds and was disappointed in myself because I put on 10 when I still really needed to lose 10. So now I need to lose 20, but I'm not kicking myself because I'm still moving in the right direction. I'm not giving in, quitting, and going back to what made me not feel good. The smoking, I'm wearing a nicotine patch and I've gone from a pack or a little over a pack a day to I'm now about one and a half, two packs of cigarettes a week. I have had a week here and there that it's been a little more, but for the most part, it's about, there's also there have also been weeks that it was less, but about two packs a week. So it's a significant cut. And I'm going to tell you, I'll give myself credit. Those are two difficult addictions to break and to take them on simultaneously deserves a little credit if I do say so myself. But the way that I approached it is I acknowledged that I had an addiction. I acknowledged that it had taken control of me and I needed to take back control. And it wasn't easy. And I knew it wasn't going to be easy. And I told myself going in, this is not going to be easy. This is going to take a real commitment and you're going to fail and you're going to fall down and you can't kick yourself when that happens. Just get up tomorrow and start again the way that they tell you to approach any addiction. And I'm doing well. I wasn't ever a really terribly unhealthy eater. Um, Better than average, not as good as I could be. But, you know, I I do um, try to eat organic or whole foods. I try not to eat a lot of processed foods. Uh, A bottle of pop is a treat. Um, Candy is a treat. Fast food is a rarity, and when I, uh, October, when I had the estate sale at my house that was in another episode, and I decided to move across country to Florida, there was a period of about two and a half months where I didn't have much of a choice but to eat out a lot, and I tried to pick better restaurants, but it's still eating out, and it's still not as healthy as cooking at home. I think that contributed to some of the 10 pounds as well, but I'm settled in Florida now, and I'm trying to get back on track with cooking food at home, um, monitoring what I'm eating better. But I try to do things like eat berries because I don't like fruit a lot. But I you know, I eat berries, oatmeal. Uh, if I eat ground beef, I eat good ground beef. Try to avoid a bun if I can, some steamed vegetables with it, you know, just to make healthier trade-offs. And I cheat every now and then like anybody. But I back to my friends, I'm watching them, and I feel for them. I feel for 
the place they're in. And I wish there was some way that I could impart to them, to you, to someone else out there who finds themselves in that situation. What you have, you just have to start somewhere. And you have to take a leap of faith that even though these things I'm going to have to do are really hard, I will begin to feel better. They will begin to pay off. If you don't do anything but buy a set of those weights that you can kind of select a size and put them in your living room where you watch TV, you don't have to afford a gym, just get that and sit there and do some curls and do some lifts and do some arm exercises and do some weighted squats while you're watching TV. Just get up for a second, start doing them. That's what I did. If you have access to a gym or you can go to a gym, try to make a commitment to get there as often as you can to at least try. Try to do some kind of activity. Go for a walk, a stroll. You know, that costs nothing. It takes nothing but a pair of shoes. And it begins, you start to feel the change and weight starts to come off and you start to feel better and you need to fill your mind with positivity. And that includes not getting negative on yourself because it's not immediate and you're not perfect every day. And these are the things that I would like to tell any of you that bother to listen, that just start loving yourself and liking yourself and trying. And it eventually it comes around and you'll feel better. You'll be happier. First thing that I did, I got on a scale and I weighed myself and I faced the facts that I was 202 pounds. And I said, it's okay. You're still okay. There's nothing wrong with you. Love yourself, like yourself, because you have control of this and you're going to improve it. And I did. And I do that now when I get on the scale thinking, oh, I still need to lose 20 pounds, but it's okay. You're okay. You're trying. You're working at it. And it's the same way that I approach smoking. I'm, I am not smoke-free, but I'm a lot closer to it than I was two years ago. I did that with my work choices. I said I have to work, but I can choose where I want to work. And I assess the job that I'm in that way. And when it starts to feel like it might be teetering to something that's not healthy for me, I start looking at what other jobs are out there. And I look at myself and decide, is it me or is it them? Is there something I can do about it? But again, I try to surround myself with positivity because it helps me. I'm positive about myself and I try to watch even the news that I listen to or that I read. If it's something that I don't have control of, you know, it's not that I want to not be involved and engaged in society, but if I truly don't have control over it or I don't intend to go out and get involved somehow, why let it stress me out? I don't need to read that. There are plenty of positive stories out there. Or if you do read because you, you want to be informed on what's going on, that's fine. Be informed on what's going on. But you don't have to let it put you in a mood. You don't have to let it change your entire thinking. You know, except that there are a lot of opinions out there. You have yours, other people have theirs, and that's fine. And you can leave it right there. You don't have to have a battle of wills to change everyone's mind or be angry because everyone doesn't think the way that you do. So it's fine. There are a lot of opinions, and that's what life's about. But I found that by doing this, and I'm a faithful person too, so leaning into my faith a little harder, but all of these things 
are slowly making a change in me. And I think that is the key to any addiction. We turn to it when we are discontent in our life and we're looking for contentment, whether it's food or alcohol or smoking or the camaraderie that we get from those things. It's, you know, also with our relationships with other people, whether it be a partner or whether it be a friend, you know, sometimes you get addicted to a personality and you don't take an honest look at them. It's very easy because there's something about that person that is attractive to you as a friend or a lover and you can't see past that to see the negative things about them. And you have to, you know, it's a good exercise too. Start assessing everybody that's in your life, family included, and really be honest with yourself about how they make you feel. Do they reciprocate how you treat them? Do you treat them well? Are you a good friend? Are you a good family member? Do they take the same interest in you that you take in them? Do you find that you're always being the fuel for their fire, but they're never the fuel for yours? If not, they're probably somebody that needs to be knocked down a couple of rungs in your life, even if it's family. You can still be family. You don't have to fight. You don't have to be angry. But you can limit your your contact. And you can accept these things about them and not let them impact you when you're in their presence. Realize that it's them, not you. And they may be very well thinking the same thing, and that's okay because, again, there are many opinions out there. But you can be the one in the room that's okay with that, and you don't take it to heart. In a relationship, some people stay just because of how long they've been there or how invested they are in some manner. You don't have to do that. Assess those relationships every now and then. Tune them up. It's called working on a relationship. And if it's hit a spot where you're giving more than you're getting, you need to think about that and talk to your partner and see if there's a way to improve it. And if they're not willing to, it is probably time to make a change for you. And I'm not saying be selfish, but if you're not true to yourself and you're not honest with yourself and you're not loving you, you're never going to find your real people because they're out there. But when you're in the wrong group, you're never going to find them because they're not attracted to that group. And jobs too. Some people stay at a job that they're just miserable with. It's sucking the life out of them because they've been there, because they feel necessary. You know, be honest with yourself. If you're not happy, if you dread going into work every day, if the thought of dealing with the people at work makes you sick, you're in the wrong place. And there are other jobs out there. Your mental health is worth more than that. Yes, you have to work, but you don't have to work there. And if where you want to go work or where you would have to go to make equal pay, to pay your bills, requires you to get more education, get some training, get some experience, you know what? Start doing that. Start doing that rather than putting more and more time. You do not have to stay someplace for 20 years that you're unhappy in or 10 years or whatever. You know, if you have to go work two jobs until you can replace some money you're making at that one, in the end, that will be, you know, out driving, delivering for Instacart in your own car with some say over your own, you know, some autonomy might save you mentally. So those are my thoughts. Those are my thoughts on addiction. Those are my thoughts on where we put ourselves sometimes. And I hope that it's provoked some thought in you. And I hope that it, 
takes you someplace where maybe you start considering changes you need to make in your life to be healthier, to be happier, to have a more fulfilling life. I mean, I moved across the country and sold everything that I owned at 58 years old, and it's working out okay. So there you have it. Don't tell me you're too old. Don't tell me all the excuses why you can't do it. Find a way that you can. Whatever that quantum leap is that you have to take, start thinking about how you can do it rather than how you can't or why you can't. Anyway, thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, share it, tell people about it, spread the word, and I will talk to you all next week. Thank you.